So I have this script for discussing how schools, history books influence different demographics, perceptions of history. You know, uh, who am I to speak about that on my own? Uh, Especially when I know someone who, as a young woman in the 70s, was told girls don't need to learn calculus, and yet denied those societal pressures and got a PhD anyways, and went on to be the director of a major insurance company anyways. You know what? Her sisters were every bit as accomplished, too. So that's who I'm going to have on here. Someone who grew up in an era where women were told they shouldn't do certain things, and yet she did, and yet her sisters did. Let's get to it. Oh, and uh, be nice. It's the first episode in this new era. So if we sound a little disorganized sometimes, maybe we were, but I think you'll enjoy it. And um, my guest, why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Lynn, and I work for a major insurance company. Okay, and when you say major insurance, how big are you talking relative to other insurance companies in the world? Well, not that I'm bragging, but I would say the number one insurance company, right? probably around sixty to 70,000 employees. Well, you know, well, let me actually start here. Um, as I've grown up, if there is someone who holds an insurance position in any movie, they're either the bad guy or they're disillusioned with their job. You remember The Incredibles? That, yes. That was the entire plot point. It made so, me sad. <laughs> so what? So what do you have to say about? Like, I think let's actually start with that. What uh, people demonize insurance companies? What, uh, yes or no? Would you agree? I in would general? say they do. Okay, that's my perception. But I would say they do in the media. I would say if you are on the ground working daily with customers, like I have had the chance to, where you literally get hugs when you show up and when you help them and when you pay them, you share their tears. Um, I would say the insurance companies at my level, I've been in the room, it's always how does this affect the customer and what's the right thing to do? In your opinion at your company. I but care about you would company. say you would admit many companies, probably some of the largest ones, aren't like that. I will say um, most. There are a lot of good companies. Um, do companies mess up? Yes, sometimes the wrong thing happens. I will say I know firsthand when that happens, we ba- bend over backwards to fix it. But sometimes you don't agree with it. I don't know. I guess I don't want to editorialize my opinion about it too much, except that um, I think a lot of people just get insurance because they have to. That's true. But then something goes wrong, and they say, well, I have insurance, so I must be okay. But then it's not okay. It's not okay if you don't know what you have, Mm -hmm. if you don't understand that, which is why... um, you know, the, the internet it gives you perfect knowledge. So if you want to know, you well, can tell. Others, perfect knowledge is on the internet. It's up, up to you it's to not, look at it. It's, a lot of people aren't finding the right knowledge, but I would argue. And that's why I would say um, there are agents that can help you. And if they mess up and tell you the wrong thing, guess who's on, on the hook for that? They yeah, I, I, I can't I, I can't comment too much on... Here's the other thing I'd say. There are big insurance companies. Um, I know health insurance, I would say, has more problems. But you look at who owns that company. So if it's a stock, stock companies are held by 
the stockholders, right. not necessarily the insureds. I always say you have to be, you have to look out for yourself first. I mean, that's with anything, with anything. And have I had insurance companies where I thought didn't pay? Wasn't my insurance company? Yes, I've had issues with other other insurance companies, and I still don't agree to this day, but that happens too. So, how many roles have you held at this company? A dozen. Um, I worked there for 34 years. I would say I switched about every two to three years. Um, I've, I've been very fortunate. I've had what's, a very what's the highest position you attained? Um, I would say, I would, um, in layman's terms, I was a division head. It would be director level. So, and um, yeah, so like a, there's manager, mid level manager, director, and then above director, you get into like legitimately top end. The yeah, company. the next level above me would be considered executive in my company, um, which would be VP level. But um, it it depends on the role, if it's um, line or staff. In general, if you're a line, um, like when I was a line manager, I had about 100 people under me. Um, but as a director, I've had... As... Which is the size of entire companies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a director, not to toot your horn for you. No, I mean I've had um, as little as twenty. Right. And under not even directly. And I've worked with people yeah. right in the automotive industry who went from managing, I don't know, three hundred people to twenty. Yes. But they needed that person to solve a problem. Right. It's again, uh, I I can consider it firm or factory, staff or line. That's kind of the difference. I guess I guess I'm just making it clear. The point is, you've been around in this company for. Well, de <laughs> decades, right? <laughs> yes. You've been around in this company for decades. You've you've gotten to the point where you're not a boss. You're not a boss's boss. You're a boss's boss's boss. And you're in charge of hundreds of people at times. Yes. So you would say, not mid-level. I, I mean, it's fair to characterize you as you've made it to upper management. Yes. And you didn't know anyone at this insurance company, really, before you started there. Well, no one in your family. Um, No. I started at the very bottom. And how old are you? I'm 56. Mm -hmm. So, so you started. You entered the workforce. Yeah, at 22. At 22, what what year? I mean, what, what year? Did you... I was hired on New Year's Eve, December. So December 31st, 1985. And yeah, at the at the very bottom, and um, the company I work for happens to believe in promoting from within. Mm -hmm. So, where were you born? <laughs> I was born in Rochester, Minnesota, mm -hmm. head west. Yeah. Home in the Mayo Clinic, but I didn't work there. <laughs> right, but you have family. Well, everyone yes. is family members in that town exactly. who work there, right? And I guess uh, I'm just going to ask some pretty general questions. Like, So you were born in 63. What was it um, like to be a kid in the 60s, I guess? Um, It was very much, I think, what you kind of see in the media with the uh, um, my mom worked, but she pretty much didn't work full-time until I was 10. Um, but it was usually the dad worked, the mom stayed home. Mine was one of the only working women. Um, there was still children of divorce then. Um, luckily, I didn't have that. I had a mom and a dad. Um, it was expected. My mom had a degree, and um, she was expected to be either a nurse or a teacher or a secretary. Uh, when I was in school, uh, I had a little bit more, but it was still, no, the man's going to make the money. You don't need to worry about things. So even as... So what makes you say that? 
Back then, it was the man's going to make the money. This was expected. From who? Where did you see that? You just mean everywhere? or that's No, I think it was just observations on my best friend's. Um, high school, though, I was told by my guidance counselor, you don't need to take calculus. You should take parent-child because that's what you're going to need more. Um, yeah. and my, Why would a woman need to know calculus? Why would we need to know? Yeah, there was no... My parents pushed us and always said from the time we were born, education is the most important thing, and mm-hmm. said, I would rather see you take... Both a- your mom and your dad said that. Yeah. Your dad was an engineer? Yeah, engineer. My mom was a nurse and then a hospital administrator. Um and they, they would say um, math and science were the most important, but I loved math and science. I was very comfortable, but um, most of my friends weren't with until I got mm, a little older. And then, I mean, I can tell you one of my best friends was probably the most brilliant ever, and we were in accelerated physics class where she was helping the guys, and the teacher told mm-hmm. her mom, oh, it's nice that um, they help her out where it was the exact opposite, and we knew it. Mm-hmm. And there was only three girls in that entire physics class. Yeah, I mean, I was in high school in the, I guess, mid to late 2000s. I don't remember any of that. I remember any perception that it was the guys helping the girls well, ever. <laughs> I literally don't remember that once. Isn't that interesting? Did you have, so when you were eight, did you have, uh, and it's kind of a loaded term, did you have friends who were girls who were in high school while you were in elementary school? Not like friends, right? No one has a friend who's 15 years older than them at that time. But I mean, like, did you have, like, uh, friends who had an older sister and you saw what they were doing during the day sometimes when you were at a friend's house? The, the point I'm getting to is, I think it's interesting you say, no one or women generally went to home ec in the 60s. And in the 70s, women went to shop class, too. Yes, which is but, awesome. But, like, what makes you say that wasn't true in the 60s? Like, do you have examples or friends, older sisters, cousins? I'm just curious. No. I, I mean, looking back, looking back at elementary school, as a kid, I don't remember ever talking about that. It was more about friends, the Partridge family, the Brady Bunch, <laughs> um, that sort of thing. So we didn't even really get get into that i do remember in um kindergarten we had um free time when we would literally play house where they Mm -hmm. had little sinks and stuff and the girls were always a girl were they told to though or did they just nope they had they had a choice which is nice Mm -hmm. they weren't forced into that at all i was i did get the feedback when i was in fifth and sixth grade that i was too competitive and um too aggressive and I always wanted to win, and that, um, and I was good at sports back then, so I was better than most of the guys. You were and, good at sports back when in middle school? Uh, no, in elementary. Well, yeah, elementary I'll, especially. Hey, girls grow up faster. Well, I was on, I was in basketball in elementary school. Uh, the girls' team that was our age kicked our ass. <laughs> there was one time we played them, and I'm like, but they're all taller than us. They, yeah. Girls do grow faster. It's no surprise. I will say that, that you were better in elementary school. Yeah, and it was, I mean, you know, back then, you mm. would have two captains, and they'd pick the teams, and, I mean, I'd always be the first or second person chosen over the guys, and the guys were better. Mm-hmm. So we our sports were kickball, softball. The best guys were better. Um. Yes. But, yeah. not, but there were some girls that destroyed. Um, not really. I was, yeah, not really. In what grade? I'm sorry. That would have been, well, starting, 
That would have been most of my elementary. Mm. Um, okay. When I was that's really interesting. Into that because growing up, that's not my experience. I think until oh, you hit middle school, uh, <laughs> you just want the girls on the sports team because they grow up faster. They're usually taller. Fact: If I were to pick in elementary school sports teams, I'd say tallest girls in every class. Get them over here and let me see the boys. A few of them are going to be <laughs> crazy good. A few of the boys will be good and better than everyone probably. But uh, if you were to just pick a group, the tallest girls in fourth grade that's who's yeah like, and i was one of the tallest there too mm-hmm. i helped oh so see my <laughs> that's that's a good theory example. although we had some girls that were tall that were not so good i don't know why well i mean maybe because at home they, they weren't encouraged to they, yeah it was and yeah <laughs> or they didn't care i mean i didn't care about sports i was i mean when i was younger oh man i really didn't care about sports <laughs> like i mean i remember one example where in p.e because I am a tall person. Yes. You know, I'm like 6'1", 200 pounds. I'm not small. And like I remember one time we were playing bas- baseball. And I just so hate baseball. <laughs> like so much. Like I like dodge. I hate baseball. And I remember like I was just like fine. And I just grabbed the bat and hit it. And I hit a home run. They're like wait, Tom can hit home runs? I'm like yes. Anyone can do this. It's so boring. I'm tall. I can do any sport. It's boring. Yeah. You were a good swimmer. I was, yeah, well, swimming was fun. Now, you know I'm a good swimmer because you're my mom, (laughs) (laughs) which I guess I'll finally say that in. You know, as we start the new era of flyover states, uh, I'm starting something new. And as any good millennial, I will rely on my boomer parents, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at the end of the boomers, I might add. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, (laughs) and, and I would give you shit, and I do, for being a boomer. But at the same time... Me and Dan like to say we're older millennials too. It's always cool to be, you know. Yeah, we're. The, I was there's the loaded last terms full with, year. Yeah, you were. Me, me and Dan have looked that yes. up. You were the last <laughs> full year, but we can still. You can still see pretend that. to completely disregard your entire opinion because of what year you were born. Just like awesome. So many of your friends have done to us. <laughs> but so I guess going back to high school, though, I just find that so interesting. I'm trying to find examples, though, right? Because, and I wish this wasn't true. I wish anyone could be a CEO or president. Anyone could be a role model and everyone would be encouraged. But what I'm getting to is, you remember, you told me this when I was, I remember saying it. I do. When I was four, so you, director you know, at a major insurance company, your sister owns a chain of veterinary clinics, correct? Yeah. That she built basically from the ground up. Yep. Your other sister is, uh, what is it, head anesthesiologist Mayo? I would say she's a world-renowned researcher and anesthesiologist. There are some doctors who know who your sister is when you talk to them. Like they'll say, oh, that's your sister. She's been published hundreds of times, yes. So, but notice this, right? You were all born in the 60s. Right. And I remember, I don't, what did you say to me? I think you know what I'm probably about to reference is that you said like something about me being a doctor or something. Oh, yeah. Um, I was four years he, old. We were with other people and they were saying, so Tom, what do you want to be when you when you grow up? And I, and I said, a doctor. And your response was, no, only girls can be doctors. Right, because... Your pediatrician I, was a doctor, too. My, oh, too. well, so that explains that. Yeah. So my pediatrician was a doctor. Was a girl, yeah. Yeah. yeah both, Woman, sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, that's insulting. Uh, I know, Sexist. I okay, boomer. <laughs> you, both of your sisters were doctors. 
And I'm like, well, all women are doctors, so men can't be doctors. <laughs> and it's so funny because I understand it's 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 very hard for me to I, I, I think maybe that's where a lot of my insistence on like error correcting all of my thoughts to be objective come from is because I grew up in a household where for a while I just thought women could be doctors and that's just because all doctors I knew were women and so that's what I'm getting to and it's like I wish you could just have anyone be a role model and you can but if a kid doesn't see like if a young you know black person in this country doesn't see a black person in power once they clearly might think that they can't have power because I thought that apparently until you told me when I was four, no, this is just luck. All yeah. <laughs> that all women you know are doctors. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that because I think that was probably a pretty interesting memory for you too to see that in a young. It boy. was. It told you what your perspective is and how what you know becomes what you see, rather than what else. Or what is going you see on is what you know. Well, yeah, and I mean, yeah, I will say that. Um, you know, going back to high school reunions and talking to guys, and I didn't date that much until mm -hmm. college. And Me neither. Did I want to? Yes, but um, I would I say prayers asked... at night. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I I'm not. Well, you don't know. You weren't nope. in there. I hope. No. I, at night, I'm until I was 19, and I I attained the tro I attained the achievement of accomplishing having a girlfriend. I would literally pray like, just let me have one girlfriend. If I could just be within a foot of a girl, I'm not kidding. I was very I awkward in high school. And that's what I said. I go probably I, got I, it from you. So, so you can ask your when you go to reunion. Say, what was it? And I, some guys finally talked to me. And like, well, you intimidated us, and it was I was mm. very sure of myself. And in fact, I was told by my sixth grade teacher that I was too sure of myself. And that was for a me. woman. Yeah. So oh, I don't sorry, know. For I'm, a not, gal. I'm not saying that there isn't anything I could have done differently, but well, it sure. was uh, that that was that was it. But but like what y you got somewhere, you got to a higher position, starting from the bottom, right? Than most people obtain, and you were educated a, a, a girl in the '60s and the '70s. Both of your sisters have are what I would say is more than fair to call successful, right? Yeah. So, and it's so interesting though that you say the perception was we couldn't do this because all three of you did. Let's see, I would say that's from my parents. Right. A couple things. They expected us, education was number one in our family and you were expected from birth, you were going to go through college at a minimum. Um, and number two, math and science, um, you need to be good at that and you need to do it well. And, and that's what we're going to, when I say reward you, we didn't get paid for grades or anything, but we were expected to have the top grades. Um, and I will say, and, um, I, you talk to my family, um, my mom was extremely critical. And so, um, was always achieve more, achieve more, achieve more. Yeah. Some will say, I mean, you'll hear the, um, tiger moms the same type of thing mm -hmm. well and they believed in us i mean we always had that they believed in us and they told us we'd rather have you have a course that's extremely hard and you get not an a than an easy a um so they always believed that we could do anything we really wanted to that we were we had the abilities to do that and you had a brother and they said yes. the same thing to him right they did um he's he, the 
second oldest. Your, your oldest sister, then him, then you, then yeah. younger sister, right? And he did. I mean, he has two engineering degrees. Really mm-hmm. smart guy. Um, that, I guess smart. that was another question I was going to say is, I mean, it seems like it was uniform in your household. Everyone, college. Everyone, math and science. All of you better work harder. I'm not going to fucking tolerate this <laughs> F you got. That type of oh, stuff. Oh, that was very true. Although, like I said, we never got, I would say we never got punished and we never got rewarded, but it was just being accepted. What was accepted? Do you think they thought women had to try harder to succeed? They never said that that could be. I know in a lot of your people. dad's family, that mm-hmm. was a true statement. They said girls need the degrees, guys don't, because they have to be better to make it in this world. Hmm. So in his family, n- none of the guys had degrees until your dad. It's so interesting how they didn't think, well, maybe I can get that extra leg up there. Like, oh, I don't need a degree? Cool. <laughs> his brothers are doing fine. Oh, they they're are. Very yeah. su- they're very you don't successful need a without degree. a degree. Yeah. So anyways, though, I mean, like, I guess my point is, it seems like it was just, mm, I guess I would say egalitarian that just everyone needs to study. Well, doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Yes. Study, go to college, get a good job. All of you. I will say there's trades that are just as important. Um, well, no, but I'm going to your personal yes, experience. Yes, exactly. So. you got to look at, though, who are our role models at the time, too. So when you think back to the 60s. That was going to be a question. It was, like, yeah. Carol you... Brady, um, Shirley Partridge. <laughs> oh, she's so nice. And then in the 70s, it became Mary Tyler Moore, working woman. Rhoda. But I mean, like, I guess that's my Like, so would you say, would you say you and your sisters were encouraged to enter the workforce more than your friends of the same age at the time. And this is just my friends. Sure. Um, remember, out of my group of friends, I was one of the first ones to get married. And I did, probably did get married early. Some of them still haven't what, married. What year? What age? I'm sorry. I married at, um, at 22. I think that's pretty much average, actually, for that time. Yeah, I still have friends in the same group that have not married. Well, I mean, everyone does, no matter how old they get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and not that not that they couldn't marry. They just never found the right one and weren't going to settle. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> it's the right thing. So I think part of it is that, okay, who's going to take care of me? I mean, before you were expected to get married. and So you still felt that expectation? I, I, made, the, I made the cognitive decision in mm-hmm. high school to say, I never, I want to be married to be with someone I love, not to worry about being taken care of. I mm-hmm. never wanted to need someone. You I think wanted a lot to want of people, uh, they were just looking for who can take care of me. I think, I don't think in my generation, I think the generation before, yes. Mm-hmm. And I think there's even some generation. Oh, no. There's always people like that, <laughs> which, I mean, I don't know. I mean, whatever works for you. So I guess I'm trying to think of how to ask this question. Um, make sure I ask it correctly because it is this right now I see so many people um, especially people younger than me focusing on hmm, how do I put this I don't want to say focusing on oppression because they're that that would infer that I'm saying victim no that's what I mean it, it, it would be well you, you agree though people need to know the facts the bad facts they do but the facts are all put together by whoever's writing or putting it together so even if you look at the Bible um, the Bible was put together um, to describe what story and message they're trying to say 
So that I think if if you're if you're putting a book together or something, it's always going to be from what you think is important rather than well what actually happened. So there's there's it's a normal human tendency to tell the story you want to tell. So there's a lot of things that I think need to be re-added <laughs> to the history books that we're ignoring happened. Agreed. But at the same time, like, what do you say about, um, I shouldn't say my point, I should say premise I want to put forward. I see a lot of focusing, and I, and, and I, I want to specifically talk about, you know, women here, um, uh, on how women couldn't accomplish anything in the past and how even now it's impossible to achieve anything. And... At the same time, though, you were never taught about, besides Madame Curie, which seems to be the Everyone one person who accomplished so brilliant. much they couldn't <laughs> hide her. But, like, you became a director. Your sister became, all of your sisters were more successful than, well, if I can say so, not to judge, but your brother. And they grew up in this era where supposedly women couldn't achieve anything. In fact, your mom worked in the 50s. Yes, she was a good role model And she for was us. a, she wasn't a, not to say just a nurse, but she became... She was promoted. She, yeah, she started as a secretary and had to fight her dad to go and get a degree as a nurse because he said, you're just going to get married and have babies and that's it. Mm -hmm. And so she had to make a business case to him and convince him. And um, I will say, though, her sister went into the Marines at 18 and got a degree. And yeah, she was really smart, too. But so she had to convince him to let 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 her do that instead of continuing to work as a secretary. So she did, and then and then she's very smart and she's accomplished. And yeah, she rose in the rank. She rose to the director rank. Um, one of the only women. Your mom did. Yeah, one of the only women. What was her title at Mayo? Then? She's the director of the um, School of Practical Nursing. Mm -hmm. at, at well, it was. And when did, do you remember roughly what year she got that title? Uh, yeah, I was 10. She went back full-time. Before that, so she was a teacher, an anatomy teacher in um, the school. And then they chose her to lead, and so she went back full-time. <laughs> she had to work pretty hard. And she had to she fight. Did. But, it, you know, this era where supposedly women couldn't accomplish anything, she became a director at one of the greatest hospitals on earth. She did, yeah. <laughs> so what do you say to the... right? I would, I'm sorry, I just find this interesting, though. And my idea, I'm just trying to throw into the zeitgeist, um, this obsession with women couldn't accomplish anything. It's interesting because your mom did. And I listen to just an enormous amount of podcasts. A lot, I, you know, I love um, uh, Tom Segura and I don't know, Seinfeld and uh, Sarah Silverman. There's so many comedians I love, right? And look, and in some ways look up to. And I've noticed on so many of these interview podcasts, whether it's Marin, Conan O'Brien, Andy Richter, um, Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, so many of these co comedians or CEOs, because they'll interview non-comedians too, they'll be like, you know, my mom was a doctor in the 50s and women didn't do that back then. And I've noticed all of these successful people, men or women, have some grandma who achieved something women couldn't supposedly achieve back then. And there was, look, there's been a lot of a lot of screwed up roadblocks to groups of people that was luck it took or twice the work as a man at the time or whatever, right? But that I wonder if we went back in the history books and just looked a little harder, we would find there's way more women who accomplished things in history. 
And maybe we just weren't giving them credit in the history books. And if we, I don't know, I wonder if it's less about emphasizing the oppression and more about, hey, maybe we take another pass through history. Because I bet, I bet that one person may have actually been a woman who wrote as a man. There's a lot of writers in medieval times, for instance, that they think were women now. Oh, yeah. And they wrote under a man's name. That, that happens, that happened even not too long ago, but, um, Again, I would say it depends on who the writer of the history book is and what story. Most you of want them to were tell. men, <laughs> until now. Well, and if you're th- you're thinking about your um, writing a history book on the U.S., you're going to tell those things that shaped the country, mm-hmm. and so those are the things that they're looking for. So um, all the bad things that happened in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, or whatever, terrible things. But did that shape the country somehow? So I'm not going to put that in. Well, now, I would say, would say yes. 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 <laughs> and back then they... But they were saying, well, how did that forward? You know, we already have Martin Luther King and the civil rights. And why <laughs> do we have to tell about that stuff when they should have? It's like, well, why do you think Martin Luther King worked so hard? Maybe because yes. he, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Well, yeah. There's well, you want to know a funny example that I learned. So I, I studied in England for a bit and it was all English and French history, basically. And so like Joan of Arc. So I was confirmed cool. into the Catholic Church, which you're supposed to pick a saint's name. And most people pick a man or a woman. I actually just picked Joan. And what was so cool is our priest didn't care. No, I no. was like, what are you going to be confirmed under in my interview to become, you know, confirmed in the Catholic Church? And I just go, Joan. And he goes, oh, Joan of Arc. Yeah. And he just stops for a second, looks at me and goes, okay. <laughs> I wonder if there that's, were You're the only person I've ever seen do that, though. Where I just was like, oh, I like that one. She's a woman, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. And he was like, good point. <laughs> so I, uh, it, it is, int- again, so maybe it's luck that I've grown up in a world that's brought me across nothing but people who accept powerful women. Maybe that's not most people that yeah. grow up in this country, but it exists. And it I, does exist. I, I, I worry that we forget that it has always existed. And, and the example Joan of Arc that I learned in college after I was confirmed is, so they always say it's a miracle. And, well, she certainly accomplished a lot for a 14-year-old, objectively, <laughs> man or woman. Yes. But did you know she was the daughter of a knight? Yes. Did you know it was the daughter of a knight who kept trying to have a son? No. Did you know it was the daughter of a knight who kept trying to have a son? And there's a lot of evidence in books in the, around there that she, that there was this woman. Was she Mulan? Bo- born, Mulan of France? <laughs> Yes. So she was born of a knight, you know, his stupid wife wouldn't give birth to a son, which we now know is actually his fault for not having any sperm. But, you know, and so he said by the time, usually you would start a knight training. Well, I mean, like when they're six, frankly, but like he decided when she was 10, he was like, fuck it. (laughs) I only have a daughter's. You're going to be a knight then. And so she actually received more military training than 99.9% of men in the area. And perhaps it wasn't a miracle. Perhaps she was just a well-trained knight. And well, a lot of knights were that young back then, by the way. That's true, but... People didn't live very long. St. Francis was a knight, too, before he became... Did what he did. No, but my, I'm, I'm, that's my point, is... It's so interesting how if you listen to some perceptions of Joan of Arc, it's like, well, it's a miracle. A girl leading an army? And I'm like, hold up. She was trained... <laughs> She killed a lot of people because she was trained by the best knight in the region. Yeah. 12 hours a, a day for 10 day, for ten years straight or, you know, well, not 10, 10 years straight, be like five years straight or something, but. Yeah. But 
And, and, and it's and I guess again there's there's an example so in the history books what they might write is it was a miracle and whatever and it's like or maybe she just worked hard and accomplished something that they thought women couldn't accomplish at the sure. time and maybe and again here's my point maybe we should be teaching young women they if she could accomplish freeing France from England at the age of 14 I'm sure you can accomplish something now. Even if it's harder, even if it's twice as hard, 10%. It was more than twice as hard for her back then. Let me tell you. I'm sure it was. (laughs) Like she had, she had to be a true, and it's because she was exceptional, not because of luck or an angel. (laughs) It was because she was an exceptional person. Yeah. And that there's been exceptional women throughout all of history. We just haven't given them credit yet. Yeah. We, we, don't talk about her we haven't shared it so more and more of that's coming out now which is good but so you entered the workforce in the 80s yes what was that like and you know because again the way it's portrayed in glow or (laughs) all these shows which and i'm not saying they're inaccurate like what was it like to enter the workforce an educated woman in the 80s especially compared to what you see now if you're younger co-workers I would, so I went into, um, my unit, my boss was someone my dad's age who treated me very well and, mm. um, would take me aside and talk to me and ask me questions and taught me a lot. Um, and he didn't have any problem with you being to. a woman and it was, it was, and, and again, just to be fair, it was a purely mentory, like he was oh, just, yeah. it was, he was Nicest professional. Guy. Cause he, I think oh people will ask that though. No, they will yeah, ask, no. right? There Did was he have no, any ulterior motives? No, or? not at all. He wasn't, I mean, no, he was totally, totally professional, uh, just a great person. Um, the other people in my unit was um, a black woman who was awesome and who I was assigned that she would train me. There was another white guy that... When did she enter the company? How much older was she? Oh, um, you met her. Um, not I met a lot that of much older. She's probably old. two two or three years okay older. so she wasn't Not okay so she just entered right yeah. before you and that's why she was training you and then there was another white guy who was the same same like her so we were all friends um there was an older woman i wouldn't say older but she's probably 10 years older who um so like 32 30 something. yeah and she um was very much a feminist and mm-hmm. was looking the out 80s, for us right, too yeah. yeah um then there was um a guy that sat right behind me that to this day is good friends with a very close guy friend who is awesome to me, but he would sit behind me and smoke and would tell me that I shouldn't be in the workforce. I should be home. <laughs> and, um, that, yeah, this is just not the right place. You, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> well, what would you say to him when he would say that? I would say nothing. Okay. I would say nothing. Just... I wouldn't push the envelope. No. He was still nice to me, but I mean, he yeah, would I'm not say sure what like I that. would My say My uncle to told me the same thing too. Okay. So there was still a lot of that everywhere you went back then. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you in the work where you should be home? Yeah. Did you notice, like, I'm curious, was there a certain year where that just kind of stopped happening as often? Um, Because if you hear that now from people my age, it's ironic. They're joking. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 I mean, unless oh, yeah, I, I, I never hear saying. anyone my age say that in the work, you know, ever. I don't think younger people, I don't hear that at all. But I'm saying, like, you entered the workforce in the 80s, and, you know, you worked, and you slowly worked your way, like, a promotion every few years, right? Yeah. And um, 
when did you notice moods change or or did it take a very long time because i guess it's true people who were promoted next to you were probably the same age though so maybe mm, not really so it's funny the the woman who um was trained training me um we were good friends we're still good friends but we went for the same job and she got it so she was like the first woman supervisor it wasn't even a superintendent supervisor mm-hmm. um in that whole area I was in, I got this job where I was not officially a leader. I didn't have anyone reporting to me, but was considered a leadership role. And it was interesting because I was the only woman on that entire, the entire staff. And we had a out of town meeting. And so at that time you always doubled up. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no one to double up with me. So I had people several layers up. When you say doubled up, you meant in a hotel room, in a hotel room and yeah. two men would share a room and two yep. women would, but there was not, a, you were the only woman there. I was the only woman there. And so there's, people at several higher levels than me that were doubled up, but I had my own room. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, so that that happened. So I was, and then when I got promoted to leadership, to the superintendent role, I was the only woman on that. Um, I was the first and the only one on that leadership staff for a while. And then it started happening more and more and more. Mm-hmm. So then it got to be more expected. And then... But like, so if in the 80s, by the late 80s, did you still hear plenty of men like, women should be in the house? Um, It depended on the age. The older the right, guys, right. mainly. Not not my people around my same age. Not mm-hmm. at all. They were very supportive. Very nice. No. So yeah. So by the 90s, that, that mentality... Well, at the very least, people weren't openly saying they thought that. No. And even like uh, when I got up to the next level... Um, I was the only woman on that staff. I had all male, male people that were at my same level and they were all extremely respectful and, and supportive. I think. So when, when in popular media, do you think (coughs) you started to see a shift in how women were portrayed? Right. Like you said, when you were a little kid, you were like women role models. You're like Brady Bunch. (laughs) (laughs) What a nice mom. You know, like, was that what I mean? I mean, the the stereotype in all movies that are uh, nostalgic are like, well, it was the 80s when they started. She's a, she's tough as nails and she's in the workforce, which now they don't even say that. They're just like, no, she's just in the workforce. She's, <laughs> she's not a she's not a stone cold bitch in the boardroom. So why do you think, though? And I haven't I don't have an answer for this. But why do you think when you look at the percentage of CEOs, the Women would take themselves out of the workforce to have kids. And well, I mean, that, that's definitely that, that, a factor. And so you wouldn't you know. have... Yeah, my opinion. I'm not saying I'm the arbiter of all facts, right? But... Yeah. Yeah. I, and I don't know why. Why it's disproportionately white men. That still, what? That are on the highest level of CEOs. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. The, the demographics... And this is my opinion again. Right? It's just my opinion. Yeah. But I, if you I were to ask that. me to spitball this question you just asked, I would say... Well, look, I mean, this country is the demographic, the demographics are changing, but it was mostly white for a while and older people tend to hold positions of power. Mm-hmm. So to have that turnover is going to take a while. And people have a tendency to promote people that look like them, too. I mean, that's just oh, a yeah. fact. Having said that, that's just a fact, though. I mean, I don't really, I never followed it. I should probably check what happened there. But the CEO of Yahoo was a woman and there was uh, she was sued. Because of a system of only promoting women in the company. So <laughs> I know that. it's not exclusive to white men is what I would say. And as we see other people enter yeah, positions of that. power, 
if they're not, you know, if it becomes a revenge thing, they're going to do the same thing, you know. And, uh, you know, so I don't know. People tend to promote people who, and I don't even know how much of it is they look like them. You know, I was hired to, when I was hired in Detroit, my boss went to Michigan Tech. And I noticed another one of my coworkers went to Michigan Tech. Why did she hire me? Because <laughs> we had things in common. Yeah. It wasn't because we were That's white. It's because I went to Michigan Tech. And people tend to promote and, frankly, not even just promote, associate with people that are like them. And so if you associate with someone a lot, they'll know you better. They'll probably have a better chance of promoting you. Hmm. So, I mean, that's not a very satisfying answer for some people who want to talk about systematic oppression. I know. I, I even think back to the Super Bowl. So I'm guessing you didn't watch it. Nope. Did you see the halftime at all? I know literally nothing about what happened with the Super Bowl. I, 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 I find it interesting. I still don't know. I know I thought it was um, the dancing was amazing and it was... I thought it was very entertaining. Wasn't J-Lo there or something? It was J-Lo and Shakira. Oh, right. Okay. And J-Lo was recently in Hustlers and learned how to do stripper stuff. And so she you know, did some stuff on She hosted Saturday Night Live. Did you notice half of the uh, skits when J-Lo recently hosted uh, Saturday Night Live were just about how hot she was? Uh, yeah. But she is. Like <laughs> I know. Is. But I mean, like, it's like... Me and Dan were talking about, like, uh, so for those listening. Well, that's when we went to Saturday Night Live and we saw January Jones. Most of the skits were either she's really, really pretty or she's really, really dumb. Which, Both of those. <laughs> which in real life, she's not. No, she's so not she's dumb probably at all. smarter than JLo. I'm sorry it's if there's against, any it's against JLo fans. Perceptions. Well, I I don't know if you know this, but I've learned this recently that January Jones is like a crafting and like whatever page, and she's actually like a really crafty hands-on type person yeah who yeah, like builds cool. things and that but it turns out she's also a beautiful skinny blonde woman so they yeah, tend to put her in <laughs> you know so but uh, i don't know i don't know i guess that's true about her i guess i guess the only thing i'd say for january jones when she hosted snl for people who are wondering and was always portrayed as the hot person is uh that's who she was portraying in mad men at the time yeah that was, i guess you could say the same with jayla though it, it really annoyed me though that it's like Maybe it's just because it's more recent and I'm more cognizant of, oh, my God, I know this is an attractive woman. Does every <laughs> skit have to be how she's attractive on this? And I'm, like, making air quotes, liberal show. Yeah, it's Doesn't probably... seem that liberal when every skit is about how hot she is. I'm taking the easy writing way out. And, it, and, and so, I mean, look at that. So if there's a young girl watching SNL, this supposedly progressive show, every skit she saw was the value of that woman was she was hot. That's all they saw in that well, episode. And that's what – so if you – which they didn't see that the media, of the other people there. That's but. the whole thing about the It's like you just brought women back because you were um, a little, it was suggestive and, you know, can't you do something different? I'm like, they're entertainers. That's what the, so is that bad? I don't know. I don't know. I, I Like I said, I, I can see both sides. Well, no, and I don't have a problem with them doing that for one skit, but the fact that it was like, it was every yeah, it was skit a, yeah, for a J-Lo. And I was like, so do you yeah, guys, are you capable of, and she's smart. or is she not? Because yeah. it sounds like maybe she isn't. I mean, if that's every <laughs> skit, I'm, I mean, I, I don't know then. <laughs> that's not what I'm seeing. Like, you know, you see, um, I don't know, who is another... Oh, like Scarlett Johansson has hosted a bazillion times. She has all she different has types of, of skits she does, yeah. you know? True. And it's like, so what you tell me is when Scarlett does that and she plays all different types of people and then J-Lo comes on and every skit is, did you know this dork is a hot wife? And it's just like, well, is is that all she's capable of? Well, I mean, what were you going to say about the halftime show? Well, like I said, it's interesting to me to see the difference 
um, on how some people saw it and how other people saw it. And it's mostly the older women that I see that just brought us back. Why did you have to do this? And I'm like, Ugh. what? What did she do? She's well, stripping or something? It was it was a Latin I didn't dance. Watch it, it's know. Latin, which is uh, can be suggestive. And like I said, that yeah, so was the tango for that matter. But yeah, she did yes. a pole dance. That was mm-hmm. that was part of it. Um, which is a form of exercise now too. But I don't know. Well, well, men are trying as hard as they can to convince women to be strippers because it's good for them. Well, I think the thing is, do you see them just as that and not the other? And I can see both. And maybe that's the issue. And that's why my, the people I read said had issue with it. You're making, you're showing the perspective that that's all women can do. I don't, I didn't see that. Well, yeah, I wouldn't agree with that. that. I don't think because one person does this, that means everyone does that. No, Again, that would be like saying a black person can't be president because the president's white, which we is clearly not true. <laughs> <laughs> true. You know, and um, and you know there can be a black person who's president, and there can be a uh, <laughs> and there can be R. Kelly. <laughs> oh my god! Who, uh, well, he can't even read. <laughs> also, he did a sex cult, so there's that. Yeah, yeah. Issues there. <laughs> but so. I guess I, I do have like a, a couple of random questions though, okay. just from your perspective, because you are a little older than me. Like <laughs> a little, <laughs> you know. The the I want to talk about impeachment a little bit. In that, what was it like watching Bill Clinton's impeachment? Because I have no interest in talking about the current impeachment yet. But um, when did it first? What do you? What do you? What do you I want would... to start even with that subject? Like, do you want to start years before he was impeached, or? Um. Here's the thing: politically, Bill Clinton, I think, from my perspective, was pretty good. He's pretty moderate, but he also let the polls run him. But it was obvious of all the cover-ups that there was some. And there were more than a couple issues going on there. Um. Did I think we should take the national time away? I didn't have a problem. I, I mean, what he did to a young girl ticks me off and tells mm-hmm. me a lot about. It seems who like he finally is. people accept that that was wrong because oh my man, God, in the nineties, it was terrible. So me and Dan and for what instance, what his wife did to her and to the to an intern that pissed me off. What pissed me how off? How old was Monica Lewinsky? Oh, she was like twenty. I think yeah, she was twenty. She was probably twenty, nineteen or twenty. Looking back, I, I, my question I, is: You know, during that impeachment, when you heard about it, when you watched it, the way I've seen some of the more what I'm told are accurate TV shows that portray that time period—that that's all anyone was talking about—and it was just news story after news story. Like, oh, were they was. were they screwing in this closet? Oh, were they over here during this vacation? Yeah, it. That's what. Like that, it, I sells. heard that. It, that's all people <laughs> talked about. That's what for, sells. It's really sad, but it's true. And what? Did, and so, what did you think of the time? I'm not asking about other things. About I Clinton. I thought it was ridiculous. Uh, we had more um, bigger concerns than that. Mm-hmm. I was more. What concerned. did your friends think? I, again, I'm I'm just curious. So what people my thought friends, at the time. Uh, most of my friends, um, especially my girlfriends, going back are staunch Democrats. Mm-hmm. So of course they they thought that was stupid. Um, it, what did they it, say? It so that's interesting, though, right? What did they say, though, about your friends who were Democrats back then about Monica Lewinsky? Um, I'm trying to think. We really didn't 
talk about it that much. Um, I don't even know if we've ever had, we kind of, because we knew it, it was would, a hot button it was issue. A hot, yeah. So we kind of avoid politics most of the time. Well, all I know is, you know, what's been recorded. And like, I, one thing that me and Dan have seen is the way Monica was portrayed on late night TV. And it was horrifying. Like it was like it's, Jay it's Leno, totally horrifying. Jay Leno. And, and again, like, um, I don't know. I think it's a pretty long discussion whether he should be, have been impeached or not. But seeing the way like Jay Leno would walk out and just be like, hey, Jay, like, and just literally tell jokes, basically calling Monica Lewinsky a whore for yes. 10 minute monologues just like this and like he would literally say and did you know she got another stain on her from another guy like literally insinuating she's blowing all these guys all the time and i'm like this is a 20 year old girl yeah it was th- that's it, where the most powerful man in the world came on to her should he be impeached for that it's a very long discussion in my opinion but the fact that they portrayed her that way in the quote-unquote better 90s it's just you go I don't think that's how they would portray her now. <laughs> well, before you even go back even further, before he was elected, that same thing happened. And they did the same thing to that woman. To multiple she women. She was a whore and she's lying. Mm-hmm. And it, Hillary came in with her little hair band and looking like the little meek, mild wife. It's all, I no, mean. they portray just, it on Veep and stuff whenever someone cheats on someone. Just yes. The, what was it? What did Selena Meyer say? Just like, oh, look at her. She was like, oh, look at her wearing her fucking pur- uh, Puritan outfit. <laughs> yep. Like a good little Puritan. There's so much. Uh, uh, the media has, I mean, it, and they have the it wife come out in this like issue. insanely conservative outfit and like stand by her husband and it's a lie. Well, yeah. And I can tell you from, again, going back to insurance companies and having to make decisions on what what gets paid and what isn't and, and what happens in trials. Trials is not about the truth it's what people believe oh yeah that's so well, yeah. that's what you have to decide upon what are people going to believe and so well that's what a good lawyer figures out right they're yes. like what can we make them believe what's the what's the counter story what are yes. we going to tell that even if there's no evidence it, the same thing yeah who's going to be the better storyteller here is what it yeah. who are you going to like who are you going to like and who are you going to want to support mm-hmm. comes down to that well yeah again and that's where when i look back at that to just uh, you know when yeah, it, 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 it just horrifies it, me it, when it I is. look it's at it. It makes me sad. And again, like, forget, like, um, so, like, to quote Dan, what, what he would say is, uh, <laughs> right, because Clinton was impeached for, um, what was he impeached? He was impeached for, like, He's a bunch of little things, um, but, like, one of them was abuse of power. And lying under oath was the big one that most Which people he did. Think, right. And <laughs> just so, like Trump was guilty, but should they have been impeached? I don't know. I don't think so, but that's just Well, me. so what Dan would say is, is the question, is, is the question, did he, the president lie to the American people? It seems like everyone agrees, yes. And then Dan said to me, why is everyone so afraid to say maybe we should have leaders that don't lie to us? Yeah, or cheat on the people they love their most. I, I look at that as... Well, so that's the question, though, right, when it comes to Clinton, is it's like... You can get into a debate about bringing articles, I guess. And uh, some of the things he was probably impeached for, I think, were like a complete waste of time. But like lying under oath. Did he lie under oath? Yes. Yes. He did. Do you think our leaders should lie to us? No. No. Then he should have been removed from office. 
unless yeah. you don't think we should hold leaders to a good standard. Because that's what I don't get. I don't know. Why are we so afraid to make our leaders honest? Because the world probably would be better if you didn't have presidents screwing 20-year-olds in line to the American people. Um, Because it's become... So I would say in my memory, and I could be wrong, in my memory, that's where the divisiveness came between the two parties. It was always there a little bit. But there was always a let's work together. Well, there's always been divisiveness, though. And it was how that was, and it it was a media strategy to get. Remember, it was Hillary that said these are the what was the term she would. No, I don't remember. I wasn't alive during. Um, Well, I was alive, but (laughs) barely alive. She said this is all a plot, just like Trump is saying. This is all a plot by the conservatives to take him down. None of this is true. This is just a political thing. To get at this, I mean, it, it, that's what started the divide. That's when it all started in my mind. Because I didn't well, feel yeah. that. I mean, there's always the Republican temper. That'll, that'll continue. And there's there's various... Well, there's always sides. So yeah. Forget Democrat, Republican. There's always sides. There's always sides. And that'll continue. But, it's, but what are you going to do about it? And so um, my hope with any president, I don't care Republican, once they get elected, my hope is that we need to work together and bring the country together and... That hasn't happened. But why? Do, what I don't understand is why we can't just focus on the question being asked. Uh, did, did he lie? He lie. Yes. Did he move resources around that the president isn't supposed to do to obstruct an investigation? Yes. So are we actually saying the president's allowed to lie and abuse power? And why are people so afraid to say, yeah, maybe we should we hold should. our leaders... Why are people so afraid to aspire to a better world? That's what I don't get. I agree. And I think... So you, I, 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 I agree, but see, I also see the side where so, I would... So, but like you go, wouldn't this be partisan if he was removed? Sure. Maybe it's worth a more honest official it's, it's in the future. It's not about, getting, about lying or doing the right thing. It's about getting caught. That's what all of this is about now. And that's what's very, very sad. Should they not be caught if they broke... <laughs> Yeah, they should be, but that's what I'm but saying. But that's what you're saying. What's though. acceptable saying in society shouldn't. is what, you have to be caught. It can't be the right or wrong. And I'll, I, I think you've heard the story about your grandma. You know, again, in charge of a nursing school, she had the no. You, if you lie, you're out. You're out of our program. And so why are we holding nurses exactly to a higher standard than our presidents? Well, she got sued. She got sued because she caught someone lying. And they were lying about um, not attending class. So is that a big deal? Well, to her it was because I, once I can't, you lie, I can't believe it anymore. So she's you get cheating. Any lie, you're out. And that was I mean, no, I didn't know grandma was sued for. She was sued by it and had to go to court where the parents said, well, we paid all this money. Um, what's wrong with her? She wanted to show her horses instead of attend class that day. <laughs> and, and. My mom said, because this is the standard we expect people. And it's the same when you think about nursing, how important that is. You don't lie. Well, yeah. You're taking care of people. And um, so she got sued, had to go to court. The judge backed her up and said, we need more people to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Um, I would say in our society, it's become more acceptable, which is sad. So so how are you going to fix that unless you hold these... Unless you hold these people to a higher standard. You keep saying it's a problem. You're not going to fix it 
by saying, well, I don't think we should enforce this because everyone does it. Everyone won't do it if they got in trouble. Well, you're right. So It's all about enforcement. The reason, all these laws though, we have now, if we would just enforce them better, we wouldn't need to make new laws half the time. I agree with that, too. It's about enforcement. It's, uh, But see, my the other cognitive side is, okay, if you impeach them, what's going to happen to the country, the economy? About uh, yeah, any of them. The country, the economy, um, all the uncertainty and dealing with, okay, who comes in now? What do we? The change of power, all of that. You do something. It's a good point. Only problem is, I would say, because of the litigious nature of our, of our Have world... Have you ever fired someone? Yes. Because you don't know what it took? It took six months of documentation. Right. I caught people in lies on our code of conduct, and I couldn't fire them because we were afraid of a lawsuit. But you wouldn't say you ever fired someone unfairly, right? I would say no. Now, talk to that other person... It's, it's kind of how our brains are wired. But that's what I'm saying. You Most people don't see that because, again, your perspective is shaped by what you know, not what others see. But so I guess, and I'm just positing a theory here, I think everyone assumes, and, and I'm not sure one way is when I'm talking specifically about the impeachment of Clinton, I think a lot of people assume it was wrong to move forward with it, which maybe, probably, to be honest, but... Also, is it so bad to examine a history where what if he just was removed from office and we just help people to a higher standard after that? Like, is it real? Like, why do we why do we assume so much that this way was the correct thing when we don't know the other outcome? That, and how are we ever going to know the other outcome unless we try it? Again, I'll say, again, neurologically, people are more comfortable with what they have and what they know than the unknown. Well, absolutely. That's something I've, I listened to the podcast, Hardcore History, and Dan Carlin's brilliant. And one idea he keeps talking about every, a theme he brings up in almost every, and he does like six hour historical series, like about like the, you know, World War One, a four part series and each part's three hours long. And like, so he'll go through everything. <laughs> and he talks about the idea of historical arsony, which is some. Historical arson, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a, a concept that a lot of historians have picked up on now, which is this idea of like, perfect example, I think is, well, you know, the Mongols killed 20 million people, but China was refusing to open up trade with Europe. And so the Mongols opened up trade. And, you know, really, if you think about it, the Mongols created the Silk Road and linked Europe to Asia. And so we're all more interconnected because of the Mongols. And it's like, maybe. But they killed 20 million people or more. And there's literally on maps. If you they found old maps and tombs that like have a area and it like says the name of a country. We don't know. We don't mm -hmm. know who that country is. We don't know what they looked like. If they could have been another wow. ethnicity. We don't know if they spoke the same language. Sometimes they'll find markings and be like, we think this country here that was in between like, I don't know, Tibet in like some place a little like, you know, in like Eastern Europe. There used to be this group here called the, you, you know, whatevers. And there's markings on here that look like a language we've never been able to study. And it's because the Mongols literally wiped that ethnicity off the face of the earth, as an example. And we assume, well, what, they opened up trade with Europe? And it's like, that's historical arson. Can we say the world is definitively better, I mean, worse because they did that? Well, we don't have time machines and the ability to look at other realities. But why are we assuming we live in the best reality? 
And, and people assume, you know, it's like human thing. like World War One. Well, it was inevitable. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe not. Maybe there's a reality where we never had any world wars and we didn't do any of that to each other. Maybe we would have gone to the moon in the 40s if we didn't get set back. So again, that that that, that concept is what I'm bringing up about like, well, maybe they should have just impeached Clinton and held maybe. presidents to a higher standard. We, and we, until we should start we holding... Should, yeah, should we start until, holding people? When are we going to start? <laughs> when are we going to start holding... How long are people going to say... 12% of the country approves of Congress and then say we shouldn't remove them from office. Like you this isn't you say you don't approve of them and then you're going to do nothing about it. And that's what you said. People well, are people scared to go their into their own the... decisions based on their perceptions which half the time are right and half the time I shouldn't even say right. Half the time are truthful and sometimes are not. And that's part of the problem too about uh, you tend to read things that support your what you believe rather than what might be the truth i mean so it, it all gets down to neurologically what makes us as humans feel better that's part of it is there any things you think you used to tell yourself that you've realized recently i think a lot of people are just learning a lot even people my age now because the world's changing so quickly Here's like a, what did you are there worldviews you used to have in the 80s and 90s that you don't have anymore um, I'd have to think back on that. You probably wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I could pro I don't know if I did, but well, I wasn't alive in the eighties, but <laughs> well, okay. Let me, let me tell you something that, you know, I, I'm dealing with because I have friends that think this and I, I see what they're saying and I'm not sure how to react. Um, so right now we have a lot of leadership classes and movies and everything around Gettysburg around the civil war. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, there's, yeah, Gettysburg, there's always the, been stuff, yeah. One of the things oh, you're we saying study is... the company you work at, there's Gettysburg classes for uh, leadership? It's not just for us, it's for you know, the world. Oh. They do these around the world. Um, so you study the leadership and um, what was effective, what wasn't effective, what good decisions people made, poor decisions. Well, the leader of the Confederate was Lee. So, no, it was Jefferson Davis. Uh, or, I mean, yeah. Or, well, no. Yes, Lee was the general. Yeah, okay. Jefferson right. Davis, Davis was, was the president. But Lee, so we studied Lee, and there's a lot of... Lee's a good general, not necessarily a good person. So, to, yeah, not a good person. A lot of people act like he was, but that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> so, I have friends, and I can see their spot. They're like, I don't want to be in this leadership class when you're talking about Lee and some of the good decisions he made because you just well, he eradicated made good black military. people decisions yes but so they don't think we should study that because of that mm -hmm. and to me well if you don't study it then aren't we destined to repeat it if we don't and plus it was effective at some things but then i think but then it really bothers them and i can see why it you yeah. know the same, you can say the so, same thing about study um um world war ii i really know thinking back though i really like your idea of we need to start holding people to to a higher level. Why don't we aspire to be better? It doesn't make any sense to me. Why do we assume what we have now is better? Some of the stuff we have now maybe shouldn't go away. Probably most of it, actually. But there are things that we need to try. Like, or we can just keep complaining and try to, and then become numb. And then someone will take over and start a civil war. Because like, that's what happened with Hitler. If you just put out enough information, no one knows what the truth is. That's what's happening and now. Yeah, I know. It's it's a very 
Yeah, it's Putin's you don't strategy. know. I don't know. I don't. You don't know. I mean, you don't know if they email. Well, you can get so, and you don't know. Even media, they portray what story they want to tell. It's not necessarily. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to their be truth talked than, about yep. with the media, but it's that's why I mean, like for instance, I I just go to Reuters and BBC now because those are the only websites I can find where I feel like they're only telling me the facts. Mm-hmm. I don't have one paragraph at the beginning where I'm like, okay, that's a nice blog post, just starting a news story, but. You know, it's harder and harder. And it's like, you know, well, why does no one listen to this anymore? It's because like, well, we can tell you're just telling us your opinion. Mm -hmm. But so what would you to go back to one of the major themes that I had, though, like, what would you say to people that said it was impossible for women to succeed in the 80s or 90s or 70s? I don't. Number one, I don't think it was impossible. I think it was people perceive you in a different light. So. I would say back in the 80s, you had to, well, I don't want to say be a man. You could not be soft. There were different strategies, you know. You look at at the suits we wore. Big shoulders. shoulders, Big shoulders. Just literally trying to look like men, yeah. And, yeah, uh, the worst thing you could do would would be cry, you know. So you you had to conform. I would say that still probably isn't going to make you look strong now or ever. No. But. No. No. And, and but that, no but then, that. but think about what that means, though. So, if you're a really good leader, do you think it's not good if you can cry and be worry about someone else? At the right times, you know. Yes. Well, yeah. Not when you're trying we've to seen lead someone. But... Get sad at the right time, and yes. it moves the entire country. I would agree. So, Main, at the wrong time, it looks weak. More whether that's right. If or a wrong. man shows that, than if a woman does. Yeah. Um, to a certain extent, you know, but like when I look at someone like Amy Klobuchar, she just always seems pretty tough and it doesn't seem like any of it's an act. No, I think things have changed. I think things have gotten better now. But Right. It, so that's kind of the question, too. Like, you know, you say it wasn't impossible, but it was harder and things are clearly different now. Well, like what would you say then to young women? Back, I mean, there's a lot of different things, uh, ways I could phrase this question, too. Back then, there was the expectation that um, if you were going to make it as a woman, you had to be a superwoman. So if I wanted to have still a feel husband, like, I think that's kid, just starting to go away, by the way. Yeah. Just now. It's, and, and now, like I said, when I picked someone I was going to marry, I, I picked someone who respected me and treated me as an equal. And um, Didn't most think of my you friends do, be. not all of them, but some, most of them were, and and that's what made all the difference. And even my dad, my dad did cooking, did mm. the shopping. I think you know, whoever I marry, I'd probably cook. There's something on your side of the family where everyone's a good cook. And it seems like I've gotten that too. Yeah, There's good. something about that. It's just like, no, I'll cook. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, but, I saw that. But my ex-girlfriend, she would like, I'd finish eating. She'd come over and like pick up my plate and bring it and be like, what are you doing? It's my dish. Let me clean it. Like, it annoyed me that she was cleaning up for me. Because I'm just yeah. like, why would you... Do... What? It's like, well, I'm just getting the dishes for you. Oh. <laughs> You're equal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, so that... I mean, I, I don't know. I, like, I, I hate I, it when people do stuff for I me. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was possible. And I will even look back at some of the defining movies in the 80s. And you saw people my age... Um, we're still successful in the workplace and we're going for it. More Wanting people to than I think work. people I don't know. No one I know wanted to get married, stay home and have kids. And that was it. 
I don't, not one of my friends or the people I know. Now, were there some like that? I'm sure there were, but. And, there, and, the, and you, you all know something I heard once? When I was in a middle school, I was on the bus and I heard two girls in my class talking and they were like, they, they clearly thought no one could hear them. And she goes, do you ever think it was better for women in the 1800s? And they were talking legitimately. And she goes, I just wish all I had to do is cook and sew. And she was serious. But one thing I would say is, some women do just want to take care of the house, and well, that's some what, men do too. Yeah, like I said, some men like that's what they like for a job. They don't want that's what they they enjoy is more the repetition. I can just do this, go home, not worry about it. Where as you move up, I mean, you're thinking and working all the time. You're on call all the time. You give up stuff. There's yeah. always a trade off. Well, I guess that the whole Superwoman thing, though, I remember in the 2000s, how many TV shows there were were like in commercials. Oh, the wife, she cleans, she cooks, and she goes to work. And it's just like, she, I remember, and, and look at her dopey husband. How many commercials <laughs> that was, like that? That's ridiculous. Too. They actually made that illegal in the UK just now. Yeah. They said it's illegal to portray women always as the cooking and cleaning. And they said, and to be fair, they made it illegal to always portray men as dopey. Yeah, which <laughs> And is I'm wrong. just like... And I'm like, well, it's like, you know, and that's how it was always portrayed. Like, well, women are expected to do everything. And it's like, well, some women might not want to do everything. And also, it's unrealistic to just ask. You you have to clean, cook, be a good mom, and work. It's, it's not fair. Someone's got to take care of the kids. Yeah. And maybe that needs to be the husband or not, you know. Exactly. But again, so like, what would you say to women that are worried about Entering the workforce now and the challenges. Because I, I see a lot of people say it's impossible, you know. like, And I it, think when Trump not... got elected, people thought the country became more everything-ist. <laughs> right? And it's like, well, this is the same country that just elected Barack Obama. but And people have a hard time realizing that a lot of people who voted for Barack Obama voted for Trump, actually, too. Yeah. Um... Otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to win. Like, that literally had to have happened. No. Like, the world didn't... It's not like a bunch of sexist and racist moved to this country. But was it a vote for Donald Trump or against Hillary Clinton? Well, Trump won the primary because he had a bigger base. So it was a vote for Trump for most people who voted for him, I that's, think. Well, I, and I think get, his approval rating continues to show that most people wanted him. Well, they. I think uh, Trump's um, biggest supporters are because someone listened to them and represented them. And we have, he acknowledged we the that problems that they were talking about. Exactly. Which and is, he still you, know, does. you know, why. And but so like, what would you say to women now that are worried about sexism and entering the workforce? Like, do you have any advice or perspectives? I mean, you grew up in the 60s and 70s. Your mom was a director and you became a director in a time where it was harder for women you know, and you, and your sisters, all of you. I this. I would say now you lived in Minnesota. It's a pretty progressive state, to be fair. It I guess, is. But but you you can I would say always be who you are. And if a job does not appreciate who you are, you're in the wrong job because there's going to be companies that do, and the companies that do because they're going to get the best talent. And there's a war mm. for talent right now. Um, they're the ones that are going to win. And as they win, and they see other people, I mean, it, it's 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 like you said. I you don't. You, you don't you didn't see it so you had different perceptions that's changing um it's is it where it should be no but it's 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 always getting better i would say too and if you don't make something like if i didn't when i didn't get jobs it wasn't because oh my gosh it's because i was a woman it was because they either wanted something different 
it's not always because of that. And I think we tend to, because we are protecting our egos, yeah, that's protecting what people our judge egos. Yeah. And we t- still have a little bit of the victim society, more we think. Well, like, for instance, um, there were some jobs recently that I've applied to. I didn't quite get them. But it was interesting how many of them said, like, I didn't want it enough or, oh, no, you're definitely qualified, but uh, we just don't know if you're the right one. But it was funny. That was right before I started the YouTube channel. And now I'm not applying to any jobs. And I look back on them and I'm like, "Mm, maybe I didn't actually want that job. Maybe I wanted to make a podcast and I just had to. And it just took several jobs of them saying several interview, several other jobs I was applying to uh, while still working at my current one going, uh, you know, we don't think you really want this for me to realize it myself. Yeah. And you're probably sending those vibes. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah, I, yeah, still right now. Yeah, I send out a lot of vibes of like just walking in the room like, all right, what are we doing? I don't actually care, but I don't say that, of course, but no, but people, I still do a good job at work, though, people, but I don't I'm not afraid anymore because, you know, I have this YouTube channel and everything. Yeah, well, that's cool. No, but that's a, I think that's really good advice, though, that you have that. Well, and I, I almost wonder, like, whether it was sexism or not, is it useful for you? And this, some people would say this is so terrible, I would say this, but it's kind of how I think. Is it useful for you to blame it on sexism, even if it was? No. Or should you just try to be better? Well, I think you should... Because it's useful I... to you. It's like what John Kennedy said. Don't ask for easier lives. Ask to be stronger men. Um, but no, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give everything my all. I don't... I, and, and if I don't think I'm happy there or they're not accepting me, that's when you have the ability, especially in today's... Um, job market to go elsewhere. To just go, yeah. And I tell my... And if this place is sexist, it's like, then why are you then working go, there? go somewhere else. So I... Um, and agree, agreed, could you sue and you can... I, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to go through that. Well, I'd sometimes rather just it has been worth skills. it to change society. It, it has. has been. There, there's something to that. But I've always told all my um, people that I mentor, both male and female, that when you're going for another job... It, be your best self, do your research, but be yourself. And if they don't accept you or you don't fit in, don't try to fit in. That's just not the right job or the right company or whatever. There's there's so much available out there. You can do it or start your own. You know, I've got to say too, I've interviewed at a lot of places and I've worked in a few places now. And the more sexist, vibey or racist, vibey places are usually the not the most successful companies. Yep. Like notice, <laughs> and that's why they're not getting the best talent because they can't. Yeah. Why by eliminating women or black people or gay people or any of that, you're yeah. not going to get the best talent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why would you put? Labels Sometimes on that? that's not true. Sometimes there's just a racist or sexist company that's really powerful, but it's usually the smaller ones that aren't successful, <laughs> and the bigger companies have, you know, you know. Uh, yeah, again, like, I don't know, like, you look at GM, and it's like, well, I don't know, their CEO's a woman, so I don't know this. And notice they're doing very well, but... Yes, that's awesome. Because they were probably forced to change after they almost ceased to be a company. <laughs> yeah, they had a good comeback story, though. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's the most advice I can parse out of you. We've been talking for a while, so I think I'm tired, frankly. <laughs> And we need to go upstairs. We're actually, for those who wonder, when me and Dan recorded those end of year episodes and Dan called it the clandestine podcasting (laughs) location. 
We should go upstairs and eat that pork roast. Uh, cause I I'm agree. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. My uh, pleasure. Uh, another okay boomer helping a millennial with the first episode, first thing they do. I'm just saying most boomers I know think millennials are awesome. So I'm, I, I know I hear you otherwise, but that's not what I see. And that's not what most of my friends see either. If you, if we just press people on things, you'd find out they don't actually hate you or care. They're just, all right. Well, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. It was a first try, so I apologize if it was a little disorganized, but I don't know. I think it turned out all right. Anyways, this idea that we explored a bit and is one I'm going to continue to try to explore a lot, and that's the idea of how we perceive history, how different people perceive things that have happened in history, and how maybe we should consider looking at history in different ways to better benefit the decisions we make in the future if that makes sense. And on that note, actually, one of the big points I tried to make that I'm not sure if I did well, and to be fair, we were a little tipsy during the holidays. You know, that's when that was recorded, and that's when I can get my mom free for two hours to talk about politics. But just to be clear, the point I tried to make, or at least one of the points was, I wonder how many people in history accomplished things that just never got credit, that if we dug through the archives of history, we may find that there were actually... A lot of women, not even really behind the scenes, but behind the scenes of our history books and many minorities as well that actually deserve a lot more credit than they are given. And that maybe, 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 uh, hear me out, maybe if we go back, it would better benefit us to find these people and give them credit in our history books instead of focusing on the failures. And we need to learn the failures so that we don't make them again. But once they are learned, Maybe we look at where there was success and how those successes were gained. I mean, there were a lot of women in history, a lot of minorities in, or a lot of people who were minorities in countries that succeeded at a lot of incredible tasks despite having a stacked deck against them. I mean, look, if I had a daughter, I would want to emphasize examples of women in history who did succeed because some did. And if they could succeed, if my mom could succeed, if her sisters could succeed in the 80s, well, maybe my daughter certainly can too in modern America. And look, I want to say this too. If you work for a company that doesn't appreciate you because of your race or gender or really anything that's not fair to judge someone based on, there are other companies that don't do that. I've worked for companies before where I thought there were issues, but I mean, I'll say I work for many that there weren't. I understand that sometimes you can't just pick up everything and go. Some people simplify how easy that is to do. But at the same time, look, these companies that mistreat people will fail. if People leave them and go to the better ones. And besides that, all I can say is life isn't fair for really anyone. And few people are given a perfect hand to play in the game of life. But... Complaining rarely gets you much, and I, I know how harsh Ayn Randian that sounds, and I think Ayn Rand was an idiot, but it, that is how I was raised. I don't complain about being sick. I don't abandon my YouTube channel for months and then beg for forgiveness. I just do the work 
And there are a lot of people in history, like my mom, who did, despite being told they couldn't accomplish anything. They could, and they did. Thanks, Mom. It's not in the way we talk, it's in the way we feel When the silence is all around It's not that our tans will peel and our hair turn dark It's summer's gone too far It's not in the way we talk, it's in the way we feel When the silence is all around not that our tans will peel and our hair turn dark It's the summer's gone too hard The following podcast was brought to you by the YouTube channel and website Moore's Law is Dead Moore's Law is Dead and Broken Silicon are trademarks of their creator, Tom that guy is me, and I am indeed the creator, editor, writer, and showrunner of Moore's Law's Dead podcast, videos, articles, and other media. However, Moore's Law's Dead is a team with Broken Silicon co-hosted by my brother, Dan, audio editing by Gerard Cortez, and select technical editing by Carbon Cry. You can find all of our information, including how to get a hold of us, at www.moreslawsdead.com. And if you are a fan and would like to send mail or other hardware, please mail parcels to Moore's Laws Dead, P.O. Box 10468, Peoria, Illinois, 61612. And speaking of fans, without exaggeration, the patrons are solely responsible for the continued distribution of the content you just listened to. And so if you have some extra money, but only if you do, please consider supporting us. For just $2 a month, you get access to the exclusive podcast Die Shrink, voting on subjects of future podcast episodes, the ability to have your questions read aloud on Broken Silicon Die Shrink and Loose Ends, and of course the Moore's Law is Dead Discord full of like-minded people who would love to meet you. I am one of them. The Discord is only at $1, and at higher tiers you get access to ad-free episodes of Broken Silicon, the back catalog of Flyover States podcast, thanks in the credits of videos and podcasts and other perks as well. And if you cannot afford to support us, please just share Moore's Laws Dead videos and podcasts with friends and family on social media and Reddit. And give Broken Silicon and Flyover States a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All of this really does help so much more than I think anyone realizes. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast or a person of interest who would like to be a guest, please reach out to the email address mlhbdead at gmail.com. But as I said, this podcast would not be possible without its fans supporting it. And so now it is time to give a personal thanks to the greatest of the fans. The following supporters are at the 10 gigahertz or higher producer levels. Bootman, Carbon Cry, Dean, Benny Berlin, Justin Yacht, Thomas Rupp, I Love You, Lennon, Jim Bollocks, Jordan Betcher, Muhammad Alquari, Frederick Lau, Gribbeth, Justin Parrish, Zachary Martin, Terrence Herod, Brad Medlin, Phil S., Thyrister, The Ninth Dude, Greg Renegar, John Bible, Chrysantine, Night Rogue 77, The Mechanical Philosopher, Lebo King Kilo, Fatboy Diesel, Daniel Hyde, Matthew McMullen, Christoph Novak, Neil X01, Matt Salem, Aaron Close, Sexy, Scott Schof, Sadler Sadler, Richter Cohagen, Alethros, Telos, Kaden Picknell, Greg T. Wanchek, Jacob Barber, Exoti, Wani Care Bear, Matthew Lane, Paul Jones, Jan Rauner, Robert Ducks, Edward Huff, Allie Robertson, Gordon Lamb, Jonathan, Drita Fole, Evan Dingle, Nick Neasy, Dominic Dewart, Harold P. Bureau, Wayne, Sam MacArthur, James Crasta, TSPCFS, Michael Costa, Andrew S., VI Past, Total Silo, and of course, thank you to Spark Alaska for the music.